All right. Welcome to the Athlete for Life podcast. My name is Jonah Mitchell, and I am super excited to have fellow coach and one of my new friends, Josh Cuthbert, on the show today. He is an elite level trainer. I don't want to. I don't want to speak too much, but. Uh, about him. I wanted him to introduce everything, but this man, I've been following him for a long time, even before I knew we were both in the Nutritional Nutrition Coaching Institute. Uh, and it just kind of, uh, I got lucky to run into him at a, a, a at a live event not too long ago. So Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Man, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to uh, to talk shop and to, you know, deliver, you know, hopefully a positive message that resonates with, with your clientele and potential future clientele um, moving forward. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, let's start by saying, like, what what do you do, man? What like I, I gave a brief intro in my Facebook group, but uh, what do you do? Who do you train, and how do you train them? Um, so most people know me for the professional athletes I train. I've I've got a bit of a um, got a bit of a history of people I've worked with. I've worked with Sean Johnson, Andrew East, uh, former Olympic gymnast. Uh, my big break probably came early in my career. I was working with Eric Decker, uh, Bernard Pollard, and Michael Orr. At that point in my career, they were at their peak. I was, I was young. I was probably closer to your age. I was you know, 25, 26 years old. Um, and I was working for a medical facility. So we had, a, we had a, uh, a process where the director of orthopedics was our owner of our facility. So he was the director of orthopedics and also the Titans team doctor. They would go from him, if anybody saw him, into physical therapy, and then they would come to training when they were ready. Some of them would come over a little bit earlier because they knew they would be in good hands with myself and my team. Uh, so that, that provided me with some ample opportunities for some high-end clientele. Now, with that being said, I was in a medical facility. So from a early marketing standpoint of who I was and how I did things and getting myself out there, I couldn't post a single picture, a single video anything of anybody that I ever worked with. So I was, for lack of better terms, I was Nashville's best kept secret for a long time, for three years. Um, and I grew that, uh, I grew that business up until, I mean, we were, we were seeing a couple hundred clients a week with my team. We had two dozen NFL athletes, not all of them training with me at that point. I uh, scaled back a little bit and then one guy referred his friend. So I was training Trent Taylor, he was a wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. He's like, hey, this fifth round draft pick tight end out of San Francisco. He wants to come in and train with us for a couple weeks. Is that cool? I was like, yeah, sure. I'll move some things around. And here comes this six foot five, 260 pound, kind of lean, kind of not goofy guy comes walking in the door. He's like, hey, man, I'm George. I'm like, hey, George, I'm Josh. Get over there. Get on the bike. And after those first two weeks, um, this is George Kittle we're talking about. He called me back. He's like, Hey, I know I said I would be there for two weeks. Um, but I want to stay for eight, but I don't want to train at that facility. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I, I just want you to train me. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, we got QP, we got Eric, we got Bernard Trent's here. He's like, yeah, I mean, I love all those guys. Trent can come too if he wants to, but I, I like, I want you to train me outside of there, which I, I technically couldn't do. Right. I was, I was an employee of a facility, a medical facility at that. I had a non-compete, all these things. So long story short, I started training George in the driveway of his Airbnb. He put within two weeks, he put enough trust in me that he didn't want to train with between Bernard, Michael, and Eric, probably nine Pro Bowls between the three of them. And his best friend, he wanted to train in the driveway. And 
and grow from there. And that was the summer before he broke the record for receiving yards by a tight end. And then it's kind of in a positive way snowballed from there. I left that facility a, a week into the NFL season that year. I was like, I, I see the writing on the wall. I can take these guys on my own. I've got enough, um, I guess, good graces with them that a lot of them will come with me. And since then, man, that's kind of been my niche. I train high-end NFL athletes. And if you're not a high-end NFL athlete, you're probably an executive in this area. Um, you know, whatever, HCA employees, things yeah. of that nature. But in, in a long story short, I want to take strong athletes and I want to make them stronger. I want to take that strength. I want to turn it into power. And I want to make them resilient to, in, to injury. That, that's what I'm all about. You know, a lot of these guys are, they're Ferraris, right? The Ferrari is very, very fast. But a Ferrari also, if one little thing goes on a Ferrari, that's $5,000 for a new muffler, right? Yeah. Same thing goes with an NFL athlete. NFL athlete sprains his ankle, misses games. I mean, that's hundreds of thousands. They're still getting paid. But in the long term, if injuries start creeping up on them, all those things, they get labeled that way. And it you know prohibits their longevity in their career. Yeah. So that's what, you know, that's, that's how I approach these guys. And, and they love it. And for some reason, they love me. <laughs> no, I think I think it's not for some reason because I've been drawn to you for for months. Like before, when I first started my coaching around this time last year, you were one of the first accounts I, I, I personal training accounts I, I found. Just yeah. so happens because I saw George yeah. Kittle. I saw uh, uh, I don't think you're training T.J. Hawkinson at the time, but it was uh, yeah. another offensive lineman uh, around around this time last year. I can't re- yeah. remember all the names, mm-hmm. but I've I've like. Your energy every day. I see some on your story. I see all the all the athletes you have. Like they're all getting hyped. It's cool, man. You've built this brand for yourself, this culture that George Kittle thinks is infectious. I think is infectious, and it's it it's it's not just for like oh I don't know why. It's it's you, man. You you just got some. It's super cool. Um, so it's kind of like your your story or your 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 career really started by just being in the the right place at the right time and being yeah. a badass badass motherfucker <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, i mean to say it, the least. It, yeah <laughs> um, that's the short and the long of it uh yeah i mean i think people ask me one of the common questions i get from prospective coaches is how do i train the people you get to train and for me that's a little bit of a loaded question um i i trained for a long time for free i did college internships at cal berkeley at old miss at louisiana tech and i was in at 4 a.m out at 8 p.m and i wasn't getting paid i went and got a master's degree and I've made a lot of connections along the way there too, right? A lot of the athletes that I met at some of these different places, um, I still, I'm still in contact with now, right? So at the end of the day, though, it wasn't necessarily about all of that. It's the fact that I got really good at training regular people. So I, I didn't just start with professional athletes. Nobody mm-hmm. just, here you go, here's your professional athletes. You don't just walk into a director of a facility role because you play football, right? I got really good at training general population and I kind of train them the same way I do my athletes. You know, we'll, we'll probably touch on that little subtle differences, but I got really good at training people. If, if their goal was fat loss, I helped the guy lose hundred pounds. If their goal was to compete, I helped put a girl on stage. If their goal, you know, whatever it was, I was able to deliver and the facility took a chance on me early to deliver these NFL athletes. Cause they said, if he could do it with these people, the, the truth of the matter is athletes, while they're they're complex and everything that they can do they're the most coachable easiest people to teach something to because they're the best 
the fucking best at everything. They're the strongest. They're the fastest. They're the smartest. That anything you put in front of them, they're going to be able to pick it up. Versus you're trying to teach Bobby over here, who's a 40-year-old CEO of a healthcare company. I can't teach him to power clean. It's going to take me a month. I can teach him <laughs> that. I power clean it. Yeah, in five minutes, right? They pick it up extremely fast. So it was it was harder for me, and it was more challenging to get results out of general population. It, it was actually a harder job because of, they weren't able to do as much. Mm-hmm. It, it was a bigger learning curve. It, it created a bigger toolbox and made me think outside the box. I mean, I got, I had a lady with one leg. I got this person from a knee, knee replacement. Everybody's got goals, but it, it opened up all of these different avenues. And it really made me learn from different people, from different PTs, um, different coaches across the country. It made me kind of blend all that together to create this, this strength, power, injury prevention protocol that I take my people through within my triangle. That's so, I mean, you've heard of like mind pump, right? Those, those mm-hmm. guys over there. I love Adam. Yeah. I, 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 you know, Adam, damn, you know, yeah. everybody. I need to hang yeah, out you, with you, you more. Missed, <laughs> you, you missed one of the, uh, they spoke, I guess it was two. Oh, for, so, uh, yeah. So I've been, I've been a part, I've been with Jason for a while. Um, they spoke at impact collective two November's ago, Adam and Sal came. Um, and yeah, I got to, I got to connect with them then. And, we say not they're not like my best friends or anything but um if i have a question adam will normally get back to me which is nice because he's a big that's dog. dope that's super cool so i mean i listen to them like on the on the regular basis because yeah like, i've always trying to be be a better trainer because when i first got started i got started in a in a high school athlete facility um and i didn't requ- they didn't require me to like get an actual certification so i had to figure out on the fly i was i was a terrible trainer when i first started i had no idea yep. what i was doing i had no idea how to help these athletes uh, I, but i was able to use a lot of the stuff i learned from football but it didn't really translate to a high school volleyball girl or high school mm-hmm. palms palms athletes who could do a football yep. power clean workout so uh, i i think it's interesting where you started i mean i think most people and mind pump they all say you have to start with the general people you have to train a yep. lot of people before you can say like okay this is the type of people I can actually help instead of getting into it and saying like, these are the people that I want to train because then you're not going to, you're going to come across all these issues that you don't know how to deal with. You know, everyone's different, but you can, you can carve out a little, little piece for yourself and yours is high end per high end performing athlete CEOs. Uh, I'm former athletes. Cause I find that same, that same uh, success because like, like you said, training like a 40 year old, man who's never played a sport in his entire life and you tell him to squeeze his shoulder blades together he's like how the fuck do i do that you're like okay how the hell do i convey this how to like you should just know how to do that (laughs) so i find the most success with training athletes in general because of that that connection because that coachability and they just kind of click right away you know what i mean so it's super super cool that i mean you've been able to build this like i said earlier build this brand and get like know all these people and get to the level that a lot of trainers like I want to train professional athletes, but you have to put your, put in your reps yeah, and to do that, to build your toolbox. So going into like your strength, uh, power and injury prevention protocol, I'm running your, your, your program right now, which is super yep. fun. I am. It is kicking my ass in all the right yeah. ways, yeah. <laughs> but as I was telling you a, a couple of days or uh, just before the call, if I were to try and do this when I was in college, before I took the year off to really focus on strength and mobility and just functionality, 
I would be in agony doing this program. And just so people who are aware of listen and listening, the, the program is a lot of explosive, a lot of control, a lot of full body exercises that I used to not be able to support myself with. But because I took the time to actually build up that strength, I'm able to do these explosive movements, these jump lunges, these jump squats, all these crazy exercises that require a lot of force absorption and redistribution comfortably. So where do you find, how important is it to develop an athlete's strength when going to a program like the one I, you, I have from you? Um, it's, it's the, probably the most important prerequisite. I know a lot of people are going to say uh, mobility is more important. While I find mobility to be extremely important when it comes to athletic development, force production, how deep you get into your squat typically doesn't transfer into how good of a football player you are or how good of a track athlete, volleyball player. Now, we obviously want to hit ranges. We want to hit full rate. Like there's obviously a point within the program where all that stuff matters. But if I'm going to have you – doing pogos if i'm gonna have you doing bounds if you're doing jump squats and you can't if you can't barbell squat whether front back whatever it is your body weight in pounds you probably don't need to be doing it with half your body weight and in a explosive manner right um and now I'm, I'm blessed with a lot of the people that i get they're obviously strong already but rewinding back to my previous days of training high school athletes of training some you know former athletes one of the first things I do is take them through, well, rewind, take them through what I call my longevity cycle. Cause I, I program everything in a triangle, longevity, performance, aesthetics, depending on their goals. My athletes don't typically get to the aesthetics phase cause they don't care. There's a byproduct of the performance that gets them lean already. Mm -hmm. um, but for a general population client that I take, if I take them on, we always start with a, a longevity slash strength cycle. So I want to make sure that they can move properly and I got to make sure that they can be loaded, right? They need to put on the strength in order to do all the things that we want to do. One of the most important things for me is, can you get up off the couch without using your hands? If you can't, you're not strong enough to barbell back squat, right? We got to develop that strength before we can do all these crazy things. I have people all the time. They're like, Hey, George Kittle, you know, Rob Tanya and TJ, they're doing, you know, what, what, and they're, they're doing switch lunges with a barbell on their back. They're like, how come I'm not doing that? I said, well, do a lunge with your body weight on your back. I can't. Well, there you go. Once, <laughs> once we can get to a base level, I mean, everybody's got their different parameters of how strong you actually need to be. But at the end of the day, everybody will benefit from 12 to 16 weeks of solid strength training. Mm -hmm. Everybody. I would benefit. You would benefit. The first eight weeks with George and the guys is just standard strength oriented because it's laying the foundation for all the other things that we want to do. Without that, without a foundation, your house falls down. There's no other way around it. Hypertrophy is great. Power is great. You can't produce force if you don't have the ability to move the mass. Mass times acceleration. If the mass won't move, you can't accelerate it, right? So we have to build the base. We have to build the standard strength first. Now, there's, it's not just a linear relationship. If you can squat 700 pounds, you're going to be able to power clean 500. Like At some point, it kind of levels off. But a base level of strength, Usain Bolt can squat 500 pounds. And it, it transfers into force production when he sticks his foot in the ground. Yeah, he's a long guy to squat that much. It's, it's impressive. George the other day did trap bar, George did trap bar deadlift 565. I was, trying to max, I was trying to get into a max load with him, and we could only load 565 pounds on the bar, and he did five easy. 
well shit right so (laughs) for somebody like that i rewind in the way that i approach my loading with them from a strength standpoint is and you're seeing some of this is my eccentrics so instead of a like a super max load with somebody like that or a ton of repetitions from an endurance standpoint i will take it down and i will make them do six second eccentrics three to five at a sub max load and they're still getting that time under tension that you need that you're likely going to experience from from a max lift anyways because you have to grind through it you're just mm-hmm. grinding through it on the way down and then having to come back up yeah and i i'm glad that you bring up tensions because when when COVID happened last year. I had no barbells. I had one pair of 35 pound dumbbells and I was trying to get ready for a wedding. (laughs) This this is where I'm like, holy crap. Like I I lost the gym. I don't know what the hell to do, but that tension, like, like you can only load a trap bar with 565, but George is fucking insanely strong. Apparently. Yeah. Like, holy crap. (laughs) Yeah. But that like that time under tension that like that holding for th- two seconds at the bottom, de- like de- uh, descending for four to six seconds, like that reaction on the body has so much, so much strength development, so much strength right. and muscle development. It's, it's insane. And yep. to the untrained eye, to someone, say a general population client, they see that they're like, why the hell am I doing this? Like, I don't yep. feel any of this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's doing way more work than if they were to do like three sets of 20 just yeah. up and down and not really know why, which is super cool how you can train and manipulate all these things. Cause I think you mentioned a little while ago, putting George under like a, a like two twenty five front squat, make him do a six mm-hmm. second descent. And yep. that kind of load trains his body and strength to again, build that foundation. And I'm huge on building foundations. So many athletes don't build the foundation and they're like, well, my knees hurt, my back's hurt, my, my neck and my shoulders are in, pain all the time. like, no one taught you how to squat. No one taught you how to yeah. deadlift. You're doing everything. Our brain does things when we tell it to do, not in the most efficient way possible. So yep. say you have a high performing NFL athlete and yep. he has been lifting wrong his entire life. He's never had a trainer. He's just been able to mm-hmm. outperform. Do you just still straight. take him to the, to the like very like square one, like build that foundation? Oh yeah. We're goblet squatting and they're pissed. <laughs> <laughs> they're fucking pissed right like they'll look over and, and somebody i mean even in the early phases where we're hitting six second eccentrics on front squat and they're having to do goblet squats they're they're lit right but again it doesn't take a ton of time for them to learn uh-huh. um so it's not like they're over there for the whole first phase like maybe a week or two they're kind of doing their own thing i'm coaching them on the side while other guys are doing some other stuff but absolutely i mean i've got guys that they get pissed off that I don't let them bench press. The fucking push-up looks trash, right? So I'm going to progress them through a push-up into a weighted push-up before I put them on a bench. And they hate it, but at the end of the year, when they make the Pro Bowl, they're like, man, I don't know if it was the push-ups that you made me do week two or what, but I felt great this year. And I felt great all the way through the year. Um, and it's, it's just little subtle things. I think we get so caught up in the metrics and the weight and, and the hype in the, in the weight room, but there's, there's so many different variables that need to be considered, right? You know, your ability to produce force is only as good as your ability to absorb it. So your, your ability to control an eccentric contraction, when you go to stick your foot into the ground, that is you decelerating. That is your ability to eccentrically contract or to absorb that force. You can't do that. That's where your knee starts to hurt in your squat, all those things. Um, people, they just, they just want to, they want to sit down. They, they're all only concerned about lifting the weight. They're only concerned about pressing the barbell. They're only concerned about 
pulling up versus some of the big guys. I just have them do three sets of eight of slow eccentrics on chin-ups. I don't care how much you can flail yourself up there to get the rep done. <laughs> you know, give me three by eight with five seconds on the way down. And then in two weeks, you'll be able to do chin-ups, guaranteed. Oh, dude, that sounds awful. Three sets of eight, five-second descent. That better uh, not be in the program. I'm going to cut no, your ass out. Uh, yeah, it might be. We got some We got some weighted chins with some eccentric in there. I know we oh, do. Oh, God. Yeah, man. You this, this, See, the way – I mean, this is the way I've trained my entire life because of my sports. Yep. But it's, it's not – it hasn't been – it took me 12 years of lifting to actually yep. be able to feel good while doing this. There was a there was a strength cycle my my college coach had had us on. It was 10 8 6. No, I'm sorry. 12 10 8 6 and then the last set was a set of 20 at like 75% of your max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was awful because I I I didn't squat well. Like my my toes were coming or my heels were coming off the ground, my knees were caving in all the time. I had this incredibly terrible forward lean and I I talk about this a lot on my on my show in, in my in my in my my content i have no animosity towards my strength coaches right they yeah. have 120 guys in one room and they have an hour to get shit done where yeah. their job rides on how much we lift not how we feel mm-hmm. you know yeah. and i went to a small these two school like i don't ha- I, we didn't have the luxury of having like all the fancy equipment all the trainers that really corrected us like it was on our on put on us to do the most but from when we started in high school it was all that matters was the weight on the bar. All that matters was how many you can do, not how do you feel. Because if you're strong, that automatically translates. It, there's some missing point somewhere along the way where you have to, like you say, transfer the force efficiently, not just lift the heaviest. We're not power lifters. Power lifting no. is cool and all, but athletes need to be able to control their goddamn body. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a, uh, I mean, the, the fluidity that comes from, being able to produce force, you know, moving your hips, you know, the transfer from one limb to the next. I, you're, you're noticing that I like to do a lot of unilateral work, especially when I get into my real high-end athletes, just to preserve their body from an overall loading standpoint. But uh, Mike Golick was just talking the other day. He said when he was a rookie, you know, he was kind of soft body, but was a pretty good lineman. He looked across and there was some free agent guy that was 6'6", 300, and just absolutely yoked out of his mind. And he said he couldn't help. He's just staring at him. He's like, you've never seen a human being that was 300 pounds, 10% body fat. And the guy was like, what are you looking at? And Mike said, well, I'm just going to be honest. People that look like you typically aren't very good at football. And <laughs> lo and behold, two days later, the guy got cut. He could not move. He was, he was nothing but just concentric. He couldn't control himself. He couldn't bend. None of the things that transferred to the game in which we're trying to get better at, none of it transferred to him. Yeah. Mark Bell is another one. Mark Bell is huge. Jacked, jacked and tan, slingshot all the time, but he lost a race to his 11 year old son. I'm, I'm not losing a race to my son who isn't born yet, but I'm not losing a race until he's like at least 16 and I'm going to be training him. So I got to make sure I stay on top of this. Um, but yeah, when you're, when you train a certain way, you know, you're converting, potentially converting fibers the other direction. I think that's probably been one of the biggest things for George. We obviously didn't do a muscle fiber test early on in his career, but his weight hasn't shifted. He looks way better. He's more fluid. He's more mobile. He's more powerful. He's just, he just became a better athlete because we, we just kind of manipulated the way that he trained because he was at Iowa, which is a big corn fed strength program. And they were just smashing concentrics all day long. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, for him, he's, he's actually, he's really responded to a different stimulus in which we're, we're providing with the eccentric, with the single leg stuff. And it's, it's made him a better athlete. Which is, it's so cool to see like those athletes can always learn from something. I, I, I heard from other trainers who've been in the space for a very long time, that athletes are the hardest ones to train because they're the hardest ones to to coach, which I find the exact opposite because they said there's arrogance when you work with athletes. Like they mm-hmm. think they know it all. And yeah, there are some, but the ones that are open to that constructive criticism, that, that new style of training can see so much benefit. I mean, George got hurt by a fluke accident last season mm-hmm. um, and came back for the last two or three games and had like 180 yards. It was like six catches. Like the dude's a yeah. monster. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, it's, you know, for NFL athletes, high performers, people that have a, a long training history, I, I encourage you to change the way that you think. Because if you've been doing here's the deal. If you're 40 years old and you look a certain way, you feel a certain way, and you have a certain level of strength, you, you are capped out on the way that you've been training your entire life. If you make a shift, and it doesn't mean shifting to CrossFit, shifting to bodybuilding, powerlifting, whatever it is, it can be a subtle shift, but you have to apply a different stimulus in some capacity for growth, right? That's, that's the name of the game. Mm-hmm. Stimulus by recovery equals adaptation. And there's so many people get caught up in they read, you know, Steve Cook puts out this program, high volume, high intensity. I'm going to look like him. Well, you've done the Steve Cook program probably five or six times and you still don't look like Steve. So maybe maybe you need to take a different approach and how how you're training and also probably, you know, more than likely a different approach to how you're eating, how you're recovering. But, you know, change it up. Take some time under tension. Take some time, you know, loading a unilateral uh, movement. Take some time with a Bulgarian split squat with two kettlebells in your neck, right? Mm-hmm. Get uncomfortable. People get comfortable with their favorite training style, and that's what prevents them from progression. Oh, get yeah. uncomfortable. Get comfortable being uncomfortable with something new. Don't switch it up every other week. Don't be a program hopper, but try something different and stick with it. Sign up with Jonah's uh, Forever Athlete. Always athlete, athlete for life. Athlete for life. And stick with it for a year, right? What's the worst you can do? Because you haven't progressed in the past two years anyways, right? What's the worst that can happen? And I guarantee you what's going to happen is you're going to grow because the stimulus that's being applied is different than what you're used to. Different in, oh yeah, it's so different. I mean, everything I've done is based off of everything I've, I had to admit that I was wrong at, you know? Yeah. Like I was that stereotypical, like someone would correct my squat for me. Like, I, I know how to squat. Like I yeah. know what I'm doing. But it was the... the there was, I had a very mediocre college career. It was so yeah. fucking frustrating because I thought I was doing everything right. And then the second I was like, huh, okay. I don't, I don't have the sacks I wanted. I don't have the stats I wanted. I don't have the body I want. I don't have the recovery I want. I've done the same thing for about 10 years. Like what's, yeah. something's got to give. And it, yeah. it, the second it was like, okay, maybe someone knows a little bit more than I do. Holy crap. My entire yeah. perspective changed. I got I got help from a, a nutritionist. I got help from another trainer. Uh, and, and, and like my entire outlook on training just flipped the script. And, and I got exposed to training really late in my career. Like I had no idea that uh, an athlete can go get a personal trainer. I didn't know yeah. that until the end of my football career. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? I would have been in the yeah. gym what way more efficiently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
but it's it's like that saying, like switch up the way you see things. Like if you're not where you want to be, you're doing something wrong and you need to find a different way to train. And yep. what I do, I, I have, I have like, like you, I have the programs for, for the strength. I have the explosive ones, but I, I mainly focus at least in the beginning on rebuilding that foundation, yep. reminding you that you need to be strong to do something explosive, right? I, I've had so many clients come to me like, why aren't we doing box jumps? Why aren't we doing this? Like, can you land in a squat without your knees touching? No, then we need you to start getting, we need to activate your glutes more. We need to get your squat form better. We need to focus on so many small areas that you've neglected forever because there's a reason why you got out of shape by it, it hurts to exercise. It's not supposed yeah. to hurt. You're supposed to, yeah. you're supposed to challenge yourself, get uncomfortable, but in a way that's going to lead to better results. This has been, oh man, you're like blowing my mind, man. I'm so glad you did this. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, before I know you got to go soon, but before you go, yeah. what is to anyone who wants to get back to training as explosive as they used to, if, if like where, how would you have them start? Where, where is like grant, like two top three things they should start first before they escalate back to what they're, they used to train like? Um, probably core strength. And you probably, you probably implement a lot of that. I think it's, it's incredibly important with moving your body and having control of what you're doing. I kind of spoke on it earlier that I, I feel like I have, we might not have been on the clock, but I feel like I have grown man strength now. And that's because I, I move, I move better. Um, I have my feet underneath me, you know, I can create tension while I'm doing things. And before I didn't even know what bracing my body felt like. I didn't know how to pack my lats down, how to create tension through my midsection that I didn't learn that until honestly, honest to God, until I was 25 years old, I had lifted for almost my entire life, been through five years of division one football, uh, mini camp with the Seahawks. And I didn't know how to do any of these things right now. I do. The second thing is force absorption, depth jumps, um, think, you know, controlling yourself through a movement. It can't, it can't be spoke about enough. Honestly, the, the research out there shows that people that have done eight weeks of just depth jumps, depth drops, as opposed to people that do nothing but concentric box jumps, the research shows that you jump higher at the end of the program just by doing drops, which is mind-blowing, right? Because you're not actually practicing jumping, but you're practicing your absorption, your fibers are able to absorb it, and then that's what springs you up. Um, and then the last thing is spend some time under under a barbell, not going straight into the explosive stuff, you know, create awareness of your body, be able to absorb the force, get stronger from a technical standpoint, and then produce force. And, and from that, you should be in a pretty good position. You're going to feel good when you do things. You're going to feel things properly. You're going to increase your ability to produce the force because you've already uh, increased it to absorb it. And then you're going to get stronger. And after those three things, you're, all, you're just going to be more powerful, even without training for power. Now, there, there's a learning curve to training for power. But if you do those three things, you've laid, them, you've laid the foundation to be able to be successful in that training style. All about awareness first. Yep. See where you're at. Get control of your shit. And then practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, 100%. I think people, they, they just kind of, they want to jump right into things. And, you know, I'm, I was guilty of it too. I just, I didn't know. 
hell, I didn't know what I was supposed to be feeling, how I was supposed to be feeling it. Mm-hmm. You know, now, now I'm aware of, of every muscle group, you know, I'm, I'm hyper aware of my body now when it comes to training, probably, probably too much at times, but dude, get um, out of my head. <laughs> I, I, I just, I know how things are supposed to feel. And if things are off, then I can, you know, kind of audible into something that I'm going to feel a little bit differently, but without spending time finding awareness of, of how your body's supposed to feel and how you're supposed to respond to different loads, you're just, you're just going to be guessing. And then it kind of reverts back to, I'm just going to go, go, go. And you know, you're going to end up on the training table. Yeah. And you're, you're going to hate, you're going to hate it again. You're like, Oh, this is why I stopped exercising to begin with blah, 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 blah. It's got to start switching it up. If you're not happy with where you're at, go back to the fundamentals. That's, that's, that's right. really it. The basics are, are the basics for a reason. So get good at them. <laughs> I mean, if I have, if I have all pro athletes that are stepping off of a box and just working on their landing, the general population can do it too. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. Well, this has been dope. Uh, thank you for your time. I know you got to hop off. Absolutely. So where can people, where can people find you? Uh, to see all the badass shit you're doing with George and TJ Hawkinson and Rob Tunyon and yeah. all the good guys. Um, Instagram, Josh underscore alpha strength and coach, coach, shit, coach Cuthbert 51 on Twitter. Um, and then, you know, Facebook, Josh Cuthbert. I'm, I'm not a big Facebook guy unless it comes to, uh, you know, buying something on Facebook market, but um, <laughs> Instagram is my, my biggest uh, social media, I guess, platform. And if you got any questions, just shoot me a DM. And we can, you know, we can talk about anything, anytime, anywhere. Awesome, Josh. I appreciate it. Appreciate your knowledge. I'm always going to be picking your brain because you're kicking my ass. Uh, But yeah, man, this has been a lot of fun. And thank you for coming on. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Later, brother. Yes, sir.